All right, hello and welcome back to the DevThink podcast with Sean and Nicola. Today we are here to talk about some organizational and time management techniques that have helped us as developers to get through the week without uh, feeling like we've done absolutely nothing. Exactly. Welcome, guys. Yeah, so I think when we'll start, we'll talk a bit about um, the paper version of things such as the the bullet journal self journal and actually um nicola i think you and i have probably both experimented we haven't talked about this prior to the podcast but we've probably experimented with online or web-based systems and we have both uh separately decided on using an actual pen and paper method uh is there anything you uh want to say about the online versions why they didn't work out for you uh okay so yeah, um, actually, actually, here's the thing. The online versions, I still use one to this day. It's called uh, kanbanflow.com. So, uh, so no affiliation as with like probably everything. Uh, K-A-N-B-A-N-F-L-O-W.com. Uh, it's kind of like a Kanban board, but the only reason why I still kind of use it is that it has an integrated Pomodoro timer, which we'll say more about during this show. And that's why I kind of like still use it for the tasks where I time them. But yes, uh, to answer the question why I still use my pen and paper for planning out my day is, I guess that maybe the reason is because I type so much. I mean, we both type like, you know, 90% of our time is that I still like to, you know, have a pen, have a paper, write something in it, because, you know, it's kind of like becoming a lost, lost art, <laughs> kind of. How, how's the reason with you? And on, oh, to add to this, this is something that I've been doing, you know, those kind of like to-do lists ever, ever since I can remember, you know, like uh, I would say, you know, in your version, like middle school, you know, and yeah. I love it since. Yeah, I like the the pen and paper tactile feedback. It's something that you can do offline, and I feel like at the end of the day, I also, the thing is, it's very versatile, right? So my notebook is a journal and a to-do list and a calendar and, you know, whatever you want it to be. It can be your your food journal. It can be your weight loss guide. It can be, you know, your appointment book. And just taking that with a pen and paper with a computer screen off and just doing things at the end of the day. I think is is very helpful and since you did mention kanban and we didn't really explain it um you can just look up kanban online it's a very simple um concept that comes from the manufacturing uh philosophies from japan and the short version is instead of having a single to-do list you have at least you divide the list into maybe three columns the first column is the stuff to do the second would be doing and the third would be done and the very important thing, the magic bullet here in Kanban, is that doing box is limited. You can only have a set number of things. Maybe it's two, maybe it's three. Maybe if you have a developer team of 20 people, maybe it's five. Um, but nothing is allowed to be put into, into the doing column until something else is moved out into the done column. And that's the basic short version of it. You can make it a lot more complicated, have a, for example, in software, you can have a QA column. It can go from the doing to the QA column or whatever. And it's also important to have the done column because at the end of the week or the end of the month, if you do this, uh, my wife has one on the wall. It's just overwhelming. You have a never ending task list of things to do. You always feel like you are super busy all day, all week, 
and you've done nothing. And you can look back at that done column and you can actually see, yes, you have done quite a bit and you only clear them off when you have to, when you need room. So I just wanted to mention that because Kanban is a really great, uh, just, you can do it for yourself. If your company doesn't buy into it, if your team doesn't buy into it, you know, just do it yourself. You can use that. You can use Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O.com, which is a nice, simple Kanban flow as well. And yeah, give it a try. Yeah, there's actually, so we're going to probably leave the link in the description because I can't remember, you know, the actual name of the book. I think it's Personal Kanban or something like that. Uh, I didn't read it whole. I, li you know, kind of like listed through it. I read a few chapters. It, it was good. But basically, as you said it, that's the gist of it. So, yeah. Yeah, Kanban is, is really helpful. So I guess I'll just briefly mention the bullet journal. I'm actually not a an expert on the bullet journal, I do use, I guess, a modified version of it, which I guess pretty much everyone who uses the bullet journal does. It's just bulletjournal.com. You can use any notebook you want and you have, you know, a table of contents. That's very important in the beginning. And then depending on how strictly you follow it or how you adapt it, you have a section for your calendar for goals for like a week or a month. Then you have like a weekly spread, which I actually don't do. And another thing I don't do that many do is they decorate their Kanbans. They use washi paper. They use all kinds of different color markers to make everything pretty. But yeah, just go check it out. There are a bunch of YouTube videos, and I don't really want to go into detail describing it because there are a thousand ways to do it, and you just have to make it your own. And that's the thing I like about it. You can just make it your own. Uh, the important thing to me is having the table of contents. And also, you start with a blank notebook. Any blank notebook. It could be a Moleskine. It could be... They sell one uh, page, three things. You need page numbers. You need a blank notebook with a table of contents. And then everything you do, you write on the next available page. It's not like a pre-made book where, okay, if I want to put a journal entry, I have to turn to page 47 because that's where the journal section starts. Or if I want to write something on my, you know, calendar for the week, I have to flip over to the this week in the calendar. That's what the table of contents is for. If one page has a recipe and the next page has a journal entry and the next page has your spread from Monday through Friday for next week, that's totally fine. That's why you have the table of contents. You, do, you don't waste pages and you can start it any day. You could start it March 27th and you're good to go. Cool. Uh, okay. Sounds nice and sounds like way more flexible than the one that I use. Uh, the one that I use is... Uh, called Self Journal. Uh, I honestly don't know the exact website. You know, I bet that if you just Google Self Journal, you know, it will pop up. Uh, actually, oh, I see. It's uh, bestself.co. Uh, so B E S T S L F dot C O. Um, here's the thing uh, this one is kind of like specific in terms of its three months um, of trying to, let's say, reach a certain goal. But also you can start it any day that you like. Uh, although, to be honest, it's very, it would be way better if you, it's actually kind of like set that way that if, it kind of like makes you start on Monday um, because, you know, it has weak note, notes in it. And how it actually works is you have your kind of like, from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Um, time schedule that you can put in. 
then it has your kind of like notes, ideas, and something that's kind of very important here is that you also have a few questions. And this is, so you have a question, for example, uh, this morning I'm grateful for, and you have to list three things. I'm not going to go into the details and, and the, I'm not going to breach into the so-called woo-woo kind of, you know, new age, quote-unquote BS, but honestly, you know, like, just try it and you'll see if this helps you in any way. Also, you have um, on every kind of like day page, you have to write your own goal. What your goal is? Well, your goal is that thing which you kind of like set that you're going to achieve in this three months, right? Uh, why it's important to write it every day? Well, because, you know, if you keep it in your subconscious, then also going into that woo-woo BS, uh, it will, you will constantly have your mind on this, you know, goal that you want to achieve. Uh, and then uh, below it, you have your today's targets, which you kind of like to list three targets or whatever amount of targets, if you're, you know, very high achiever, uh, you list your targets for this day that will help you come next to that end goal that you want to achieve. Uh, then you have a few, you know, quotes, uh, which is kind of nice. Uh, actually, I'm going to read you the one from today. Know what you want, work to get it, then value it once you have it. It was by Nora Roberts. Uh, then in the evening, that's also important. So basically, you kind of like use it the whole day. Um, and in the evening, you list the lessons learned, wins, even, you know, like even the small ones, you know, I took out the trash. It's important to, as you basically, going back to what you said, looking at the end of the week, it's very important to also see what you did and not just always look at the stuff that you always have things to do. Because honestly, if you're, let's say, an achiever and you, you are a go-getter, then you will always, always, always have stuff that you, you know, have to do or want to do. Uh, and also, like, finally, you have the tonight I am grateful for, where you also list three things that you're grateful for. And... They also have this thing kind of like, uh, how do you call it, uh, week recaps where you write uh, how your week went and stuff like that. Like, like that. Uh, to this, I kind of like uh, added one more thing to this where um, I do one thing from the book called The Miracle Morning. Um, I don't know, you probably haven't mentioned this before, but... Uh, I did, I believe I mentioned this book to you and, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but you'll tell me you kind of like, didn't like it, but I like it. And what I take from it is the so-called SAVERS. So SAVERS is an acronym for uh, silence, affirmation, visualization, exercise, read and scribe. And to not go too deep into it, uh, like S is for silence and honestly i'm not very good about it i only do one minute of quote unquote meditation i know everybody someone who's doing the meditation will laugh but you know gotta start somewhere uh, a is for affirmations again breaching into the you know woo woo stuff uh i have my list of affirmations that i read to myself uh, am i crazy or not let's just not go into it i think that it may help you you know but I'm gonna keep this one for myself. Uh, v is for visualization. So you have your goal, right? And if you try to visualize yourself, 
I'm not going to go, you know, round the burn on people and say, you know, you just have to visualize it and what it will manifest. No, not none of those, none of that kind of like bullshit. Oh, I don't know if we're supposed to say bullshit here, but, you know, I guess we can do whatever we want because it's our podcast. And uh, to be honest, um, you know, you have to work in the end. You have to work on it. And that's just, you know, we, we are both wired on it. Uh, we are going to, uh, I guess, speak more about it and the... How we do stuff, but not to try to uh, drag this one way longer. Uh, the E is for exercise. I honestly do just, you know, uh, if I can, uh, go for a walk for like 10 minutes in the morning and listen to my Audible, uh, which I love, by the way. Uh, R is for read. I try to read every morning. Uh, at least 10 minutes of something, you know, I try to make it positive and whatnot, uh, because during the day, I all the stuff that I read is concerned uh, with software development. So this in the morning kind of stuff, it's something that's not related to software development, but you know, maybe may a book, you know, whatever. And then finally, the scribe part is where I reflect on my day before. So literally I have my actual, so for this, I have my other book, uh, because so this one, this self journal is just you know, as I said for three months, and I have my totally blank, uh, very big A4 kind of big uh, journal where I write things that happened for the next oh, past day. Why? Because well, I want to have it as I want to put as much stuff in it because then it's very very I found it to be very uh, rewarding to go back and reread the stuff that I wrote, let's say two years. I actually have entries that go way back like two years ago. And that's kind of very rewarding to go back and read what you were thinking at that time, what were your struggles at the time, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, not to, you know, prolong this answer too much, but yeah, I'm currently I'm sticking with this self, uh, best self, self journal. Right. So, and just to clarify, I uh, I didn't like the book not because I had a problem with the message, but because the entire book came across as a giant infomercial for itself. So it, it's whatever, a couple hundred, three hundred pages, whatever. And from the amount that I read, it seems like it could be about ten percent of its length and just tell you what it wants to tell you, instead of every other paragraph telling you how great what they're telling you is going to be for you and how exciting and awesome it is. It's like there's a hard sell in the book you're already reading. So that frustrated me. And then to uh, finish off the paper thing, there's also a fun little thing called, I've seen it referred to as the hipster PDA. And all that is, is you get a stack of index cards and a binder clip that you may have seen as one of those typical, you know, black triangle things. And you just put them in the clip. That's it. That's the entire thing. And then on each one, you can write a task and what's really cool about that is when you sit down at your desk, you just came back from lunch or you just came back to work after on Monday after the weekend off or whatever, you came back from a meeting, you're completely out of the zone. You have no idea what you should be spending your time on. Boom. You take out your index cards. You look at them. They're physical items. You can move around, put on your desk, reorder, you know, make notes on. And it's really nice. Cause then you can look at that and say, okay, this is the one I should probably be spending my time on now. And I really, enjoy doing that as a matter of fact i started doing that again recently i didn't have any index cards with me but i did have a deck of cards of actual playing cards and so i took a marker and i wrote on the cards like on the borders on the edge just tasks and i was able to sit down multiple times throughout the last couple of weeks pull them out reorder them prioritize them 
group them by ones that I'm going to do in the near future, ones that I should be doing today, ones that I would still like to do, but there's just not going to be any time anytime soon. And that helps you schedule things on your calendar. Maybe I know I don't have time for this now, but I'll schedule it every Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. and leave it there until it's done, which is actually uh, something that I just did last week. I filled up my calendar with a bunch of things from my cards, and I scheduled them as recurring to happen every single week. And I know they're not going to get done every time, but they can stay on there until they're done or I decide they're no longer necessary. And that is a good way. All of these things, by the way, uh, psychologically, there's a book called Getting Things Done by David Allen, which I recommend everyone at least take a look at and skim. I'm sure actually probably everyone listening to this has probably read it or heard about it. Uh, the general idea is that you are not allowed to have many sources of to-do lists. You can't have everything in your email inbox, plus a bunch of post notes on your fridge, plus you know handwritten notes in your pocket, plus voicemail messages. You need to put every single thing that comes into your life into one place, whether it's an electronic system or paper, doesn't matter, but only in one place. And then it gets processed. It gets put onto a, you, you do it if it's less than two minutes, you delegate it if you can't, if you, if you can delegate it, or you schedule it, put it on your calendar or something. And the general idea is that if you have anxiety because you have too many things that you know you need to do and you know you haven't been doing them, your mind, because it's uneasy with that, is going to keep bringing them into your into your thoughts. And that's why you can't fall asleep at night because you're laying there and you can't fall asleep because you're thinking about the 50 things you didn't do. If you take those 50 things, write them down, put them on a calendar, say, okay, I'll do this one next Tuesday. I'll do this one tomorrow night at you know eight o'clock. I'll do this one at noon. Once your brain knows they are handled, even though you've done nothing but schedule them, your brain knows when your calendar alert comes up it's going to be, you're going to be reminded at the right time. It's not going to slip away and you're not going to suddenly, you know, show up at the airport without having bought your tickets or whatever. You're able to sleep. So, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, you know, I wanted to mention GTD. So that's all I have to say about that for the moment. Um, anything else on, uh, calendars and paper and pen, or should we move on to some of the day-to-day -day techniques? Uh, actually, yeah, I remembered one thing now as you were saying about GTD. Uh, and if you like, this is a very good tip from Brian Tracy. Uh, I'm going to mention his, uh, I quote unquote read why I said quote unquote, because I listened to uh, the audible version of the time management made simple by Brian Tracy. And that's kind of like a book uh, where he has all the stuff that he kind of like wrote about time management condensed into one, let's say, uh, book. And it's very good. Like this is the book uh, that I reread or re-listened most amount of time. Um, because here's the thing. I believe that we need, you know, to hear these things over and over again, just because, you know, if you heard it one time and you think it's great, but then you try it and maybe you kind of like forget it. It's good to be reminded about it. And one thing that just uh, you reminded me of is, so you have your stack of you know tasks or whatever, or you, as you said, you file stuff in. And then if after six months you go in and you revisit that list, and if for example some you know files or maybe this is okay, this is an awesome uh, example. I have bookmarks, right? I have so many bookmarks that I need to kind of like look 
But then again, if you see that some bookmarks or some files that you need to kind of like look into or read through are still there after six months, probably you should just toss it away. He has this cool uh, thing, uh, when in doubt, throw it out. And it's actually honestly true because if you're if you haven't looked at it in six months, probably, you know, it's not worth your time. You know, you know? that's uh, not only true for, I don't want to take the podcast on a whole left turn, but real quick note about minimalism, which you've been to my house. I am not a minimalist by any stretch, but I have acquired multiple books on minimalism, which is ironic. And one of them is called The Joy of Less. And the author says that you should only have things in your home if you either believe them to be useful or sorry, know them to be useful or believe them to be beautiful and know them to be useful. It means you have to use them. If you have some, you know, implement in your kitchen and you never use it, I mean, probably three or six months is a good amount of time. You should get rid of it and believe it to be beautiful means you not only like it, but you have to have it on display. So if you have like an old thing that your grandmother left you that, you know, some dishware or a, a picture, that, a painting, if you don't have it hanging up for everyone to see, it needs to go. So you decide, do you really need it in your life? Do you really need to pay money to store it, to climate control it, to clean it, to even just the space it's taking away from you being able to move around in your home and be comfortable and spend time with the things and people that you want to spend time with? Uh, is it really worth all the overhead? And the answer is no. And the same thing with um, all these aspirational things we buy. How many people listening right now have a guitar or some other musical instrument that they bought to learn and it's been sitting untouched for more than a year. I know I just struck a chord with a lot of people <laughs> or, you know, a juggling set or a set of skis or, you know, set of have... exercise equipment. <laughs> yes, these are, these are called aspirational items like, and I'll tie us back into our, uh, our actual podcast topic in a second. These are what's called aspirational items. Every time you look at it, you say, if I get rid of that guitar, then I will not end up, ever end up being a guitar player, and I want to be a guitar player. I see myself as someone who I would like to be a guitar player. And by th getting rid of this, by selling it, putting it on Craigslist, not only am I giving up on that dream, but I'm also now officially a failure. As long as I keep it, I might get to it one day. But... If I get rid of it, I'm admitting to myself and the world that I'm not capable or I'm not good enough or whatever. And that's just not true. That's just a mental block that you'd have to get to. And so to bring it back around in a circle to us, as a developer, we all have ideas for side projects and businesses we want to start and features we want to add to our company's product. They're going to get us recognition and make our coworkers love us or some process that we want to automate and we have so many of these ideas to the point that it becomes crippling when you look at the list because you realize you haven't done it, you don't have time for it, and you're probably never going to do it. So now you feel like a loser just because you were actually trying to improve the world. You know, you came up with these ideas, you're like, wow, that would be great, that would be great, that would be great. And then every time you look at it, it's another reminder that you didn't do it yet. And I think you gotta throw the stuff away after a while, you know? I mean, I know you want to contribute to that open source project. I know you want to completely uh, replace this, the uh, proprietary software at work that you hate because, you know, it's written in Java and you hate Java, or 
because you know you hate the configuration tool or you would just love to rewrite make you know we all have those things you know i want to rewrite my own calendar system because i don't like google calendar or whatever you know you're not going to and even if you did it's not worth your time other than as a learning experiment and for the amount of time it would take to do well you might as well pick one of your other side projects so yeah. Awesome. This exactly. this was great. This was great. Just like a quick question. Did you read the book? I can I don't know the exact uh name. I mean the title. Uh The Magic of Tidying Up or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, because um, it was very similar to what you were saying to the other one. Um anyways, there's cool. a thing called Swedish Death Cleaning. I uh, should just Google that real quick. Swedish Death Cleaning. Apparently it's a a tradition in Sweden that as you approach a certain age, like maybe 50 or so, that you start getting rid of things over time so that when you die, your family doesn't inherit a, a house full of stuff. Interesting. Yes. All right. So uh, uh, we'll go back, move on to the the next topic here, which is Pomodoro. Um, I'll describe the Pomodoro technique because it's so easy to describe briefly. The short version is you set a timer for, let's say, 25 minutes. You work only on one thing for that 25 minutes, you take a five minute break, then you do another 25 minutes, another five minute break. And the very, very important rules are, once you start, there are no distractions. If someone comes and interrupts you, they have ruined that cycle of the Pomodoro. If you go to Facebook or your email, you have ruined that Pomodoro. You focus intensely only on the one thing for 25 minutes, take a break, repeat once you've done three or four of these you can take a longer break you know 10 15 20 minutes and the 25 minutes five minutes is entirely that's like kind of the standard but you can make it anything you want you can do 10 minute pomodoros you can do one hour pomodoros uh probably neither one of those are those are probably both a little extreme um but yeah that's basically it and i i'm gonna assume that 80 percent of the people listening to this already know the pomodoro technique and have used it and uh nicola and i both really like it so i'm sure you have some stuff to add to that yeah pomodoro rocks i mean uh actually as i always say right here's a challenge for you i challenge you to do eight true pomodoros you know don't don't try to fake it yeah i just answered that email now true pomodoros i challenge you to do eight of them in a working hour yes that's if you calculate less than four actual hours but honestly remind remember me when you do that and when you look back on your day that day you will feel like oh man i really did a lot of things today trust me try it you'll see yeah and if you're using the hipster pda or if you're using the, you know the kanban method or whatever at the before each pomodoro look at it and say where should i be spending my time should i be working on the thing that i did right before my last break because i was getting on a roll or because it really needs to get done because i have a deadline or should I look at, you know, item two on my list, which I haven't touched in five days that is coming up due as well? You know, that's all going to be decisions you're going to have to make on the fly. But it's really nice because another, well, it's for many reasons. One of the things that really helps me, and I'm sure we've all done this, is you have some kind of problem. It's not working out. You're trying to write some code or trying to fix something. Fix a bug. You can't find the bug. Or you think you fixed the bug. You deploy it to production and it's still not working. If you take a step back and 
look at it with bring someone over with fresh eyes or you stop working on it until tomorrow which you can't do with a production bug um, it helps a lot so if you put a limit okay here's a 25 minute limit I'm fixing this bug um, for the five minutes uh, you should get up away from your desk at least you know walk 10 feet away go to the bathroom get a hot drink do whatever it is you're gonna do when you come back you will probably realize a lot of the time that you've been going down a rabbit hole like you had a thought process you had an idea and then you kept iterating on that idea until you were straying off from being productive because you think you're almost there. Oh, let me, oh, let me just try it this way. Oh, let me just try this. And it turns out that wasn't the right solution, but you're never going to see that. You could have stayed at your desk for three hours with a full bladder and a head full of stress and a headache just trying to beat this thing into submission. But if you do a Pomodoro and get up and come back and sit back down, you look at it and you say, oh, wait. What about this? Or try this? Or at the very least, I was clearly beating my head against the desk with this. Let's look for another approach. Yeah, definitely. Agreed. Uh, although to touch on one point, uh, as you said, okay, let's move to the item number two. Uh, here's the thing. Yes, that's a good point. Although I'm going to uh, link back to the Brian Tracy again. I actually like that guy very much. Uh, he has this book called Eat That Frog where he basically says, uh, if the first thing in the morning that you do is eat a frog, well, probably during the day, nothing worse will happen. Well, your frog is your task, you know, that it's hard, that you can't do, you've been at it for like maybe even, you know, a week, a month, whatever, and you just can't make progress. No, don't go do anything else. Try to do, force yourself to go and work on this uh, task slash project first uh, because yeah if that's the worst thing that you do probably you won't have anything worse during the day uh, although to give credit to your idea yes uh, it's maybe sometimes good to you know just switch the thinking process to something else because you may get another idea uh, back on the one that you couldn't solve but uh, yeah just, just be wary of you know not pushing the main ticket or I mean ticket project to the sidelines. Yeah. And there's, there's no right answer to this. Um, it could be that eating the frog first is the right answer for you. 99% of the time, it might also not be. And just to take some learnings from more artistic things like writing and music and create creative things or drawing. If the advice that I've heard and read from multiple sources from authors and things like that is if you say you write something, you don't immediately critique it. You put it in a drawer for a day or a week and then you read it and then you'll find out if it was good or if it was crap. Um, so you might just be too close to it. You might need to take a break from it in order to take a, have a clearer mind about what the next step should be or whether it's even worth continuing at all. So, oh, and I should just mention real quick, the Pomodoro, t Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato, and it got its name from a college student who was having trouble studying, and I forget his name, but if you look up Pomodoro Technique, you'll find the creator, and he had a kitchen timer shaped like a plastic tomato, and so he named this the Pomodoro Technique. So there's the mystery solved there. Yeah, those who like apps, there are multiple versions of uh, <laughs> Pomodoro. Thousands, yeah. Chrome plugins, uh, f web browser pages that do 
do it with JavaScript, Android, iOS. I mean, you can get little standalone timers. I mean, a standalone kitchen timer that makes a loud ding at the end, you know, might just be the thing for you. Yeah, usually, you know, uh, nowadays, especially, it seems like we're trying to, you know, complicate things. This one is so simple. It's almost as in, hey, this can't work because it's so simple. But yeah, most of the times, simple stuff, that's what works, right? Because honestly, will you use a system that you have to go through 15 steps of configuration or setting or whatnot? Yeah, maybe you will two or three times and then it's back to the old habits, right? Yeah, and so to move on to the next topic while also slightly hanging on to the Pomodoro, if you do Pomodoros and you track them on paper or in whatever Pomodoro app you're using, you have the ability to go back at the end of the week and evaluate what you've done, sort of having a, the version of the done column in the Kanban board. And something that I have done, I learned from a friend of mine, Rupa, he wrote a bash script which would pop open his editor every, I think, every hour or something like that. And he would just type in it. When it, pop, when it popped up and interrupted him, he would just type what he was working on. Then he can go back at the end of the week and he can, you know, see what he's doing, how he's spending his time. And I don't know what his end goal with that was, whether he was just trying to improve and see if he felt like he was wasting time or he just wanted to keep track of what he had worked on for the purposes of, you know, employee evaluations or whatever. But I really like the idea. So I stole it and I have from time to time actually made it every 15 minutes, uh, sometimes half an hour. And it's really good because when it pops up, and you have to type what you're doing and you have to type, I was instant messaging with this guy or I was on Amazon researching a, a purchase I wanted to make. It snaps you back to, oh yeah, I should probably be doing something productive. And when you are being productive, a lot of times you don't realize at the end of the day where your time went. It turns out I was working on you know a project and someone had a problem and they asked me if I could look into it and I'm digging into a database, I'm doing some you know little bit of research or I'm answering a question and my little thing pops up, I'm like, oh, I helped so-and-so with this thing. Whereas if you had asked me an hour later, or especially at the end of the day or week, what I worked on that week, I would have never realized it, but that person may have taken 30, 45 minutes of my time. And it's good to keep track of that for your own sanity when you look back at how little you've accomplished and realize, no, you're doing things, you're just getting interrupted. And if you are in any way reporting up which actually I recommend this. This isn't something that I, I would never want to work at a job where I was required, required to track my time and justify 40 hours worth of work in a week. However, I do keep track of what I do in a given week. And at the end of the week on Friday, I send out email to certain people in the company telling them that what I worked on because I want to you know, show where I'm adding value. I want to get feedback if I'm going in the wrong direction, I want to throw out ideas for things that I want to do, which might cost developer time or money. I'm in a management position, so I might have ideas along those lines and, you know, let them know it's coming, let them know to expect it, get feedback from them, or just tell them when things got accomplished or tell them when, when things are going wrong. You know, we, we didn't get as much done or we had a problem in production or whatever the case may be this week. And the reason is because our developers don't have resources A, B, or C, or, you know, another department did this, which affected us or whatever. And it's really, it feels good to me. I have that now 
in my email outbox archive and they have it and I can look back on that and kind of see progress. And especially when you see, you know, you don't want to see repeated topics coming up because that means that they weren't addressed. So I use it and it's just a bash script that opens up an editor. If you use, you know, leafpad, notepad, gedit, uh, textmate, whatever you want, you can, you know, write a little script. I have mine append the date time to the bottom of the file automatically and then open it. So when I, when I see it pop up, I scroll to the end of the file, type a couple sentences, and I close it. And um, it's not exactly the same thing as uh, Nicola uses, so uh, tell us about your, your rescue time. Uh, actually, two things. Uh, I'm going to uh, talk about rescue time plus Evernote. Uh, although, I immediately, immediately have to say, you're going to send me that bash script, and actually, we can share it also with people. Because, and here's why, because. <laughs> so... Uh, as you know, you know, I've been freelancing for a very, very long time and you have to do your reports as in, you know, almost honestly, I mean, some people may not do it. I'm crazy and I did it literally in a minute. So for example, I started working on something and I write, started work. So 1625 started working on this and that, uh, 1628 committed this, uh, 1754, uh, did this, did that. And when I talked about uh, to people about this, they were like, whoa, this feels way, you know, over the top. And I was, when I thought about it, I was like, okay, maybe you're right. But here's the thing. It became such a habit for me that I don't even think about it. So it's, it's second nature to me to, when I did something, open up uh, Evernote and write for that date um, what I did. And that's it. But to tie into your, uh, uh, what you're doing, I absolutely love this because, you know, every 25 or whatever minutes, it's way better because, um, I don't know, I think I like it and I want to try it. As you know, uh, when I hear something, I try it without any, you know, um, how do you say, uh, thoughts about it. And then I see if I like it or not. But after doing it, giving it a proper shot. To tie back to our last episode, yes, Dvorak, I love it. Now it's my th I, third third week, I believe, and I'm starting to really, really love it. Uh, and of course, the Type Matrix keyboard, it's awesome. Uh, but yeah, uh, so what I do is, as I said, I use Evernote for my notes. Uh, literally, I'm crazy. I do, when I write something, um, I put the time and what I'm doing, or for example, what I committed. But here's the thing. And here's where uh, things may, here's where your bash script may very, very much help me. Uh, what if I'm working on something and debugging something and I didn't make any freaking progress for, you know, two, three hours? What, then I'll have only two entries, right? Uh, for example, 7 a.m., start working on this, and then, you know, 13.25, uh, finished this. Someone reading that kind of a report will be, oh, the guy was slacking. But if I, every 15 minutes, write, oh, I tried this, it didn't work. You know, and then you have 10 entries where you wrote, hey, I tried this, didn't work. Tried this, didn't work. Maybe even, this just popped in my head. Maybe even if you read through that yourself, you'll be like, hey, dude, but I didn't try that, you know. So I definitely see value in your, you know, constant popping pop-ups. Uh, and I actually yeah. think... Yeah, sorry. One thing to that because the one of the biggest problems, challenges, whatever 
that developers have is every time someone says, how long will something take? We either grossly underestimate it or we say we don't know and then we do it for however long it takes and the other people in the company are saying, well, that's taking way too long. It's such a simple task. And the fact is, until you actually start working in the code and reading the surrounding code and considering other things that will break, things, until then, you'd have no idea how complicated something is. And if you are able to keep track, as you were just saying, Nicola, um, you will find that you can show this to someone and say, look, we it took this long for this reason. Or you can even say, hey, you know how I'm always telling you I want to you know, take a week and refactor, you know, some, some code here, or instead of taking an hour to do this in a really crappy way so that I know I get it done for you, if I could take two days to do it, you get the same end result, but maybe the next five tickets after that would take half the time they would have otherwise taken. And without documentation, without evidence, without something that they can understand, you're never going to get that. So you know, if you do a seven hour debugging session and you actually had problems because there was some bad code and you found some other bug along the way and you noticed that if you were to fix this, it would actually break something else and you can't just do it the straightforward way. You have to go and, you know, redo some refactoring or maybe even talk to someone who's in a more product owner type role to get permission to change the behavior of the application. I mean, this isn't... It's not just fix a bug, go find the place where it says less than two and make it less than three, and boom, you've fixed the problem. Those kind of bug fixes are exceptionally rare. True, true. Uh, so to add one more thing, uh, you mentioned you know that we don't know how productive we were. Well, now you can. There's a tool that I use for honestly like maybe more than three years now, uh, or maybe even more. I honestly don't remember. Uh, it's called Rescue Time. Uh, I don't know if it's cool. I mean, I saw on other podcasts that what they do is they spell out the word, but, you know, Google Rescue Time and you'll find it. Uh, you install it on your computer and it does something pretty freaky. It tracks everything that you do. So <laughs> people who don't like that will have a problem. But here's the thing that it does for you. It tracks all your apps uh, that you're using. And at the end of the week, actually, well, you can, anytime you log into their dashboard on their website, you can see how is your day going? What apps are you using? And um, it's smart enough to know that, for example, Visual Studio Code or Facebook.com is bad for you and Visual Studio Code is good for you in terms of productivity, meaning that you're probably doing something, you know, productive. And what it sends you, only one email per week where it says, you were this productive during this week and there's no you know uh, fooling yourself hey if it says that for this week you did 10 hours of freaking facebook then my man something's wrong right you're being not productive you're lying to yourself and if your productivity level is you know 50 percent honestly dude you can do way better um so like to be specific i just looked at my uh mine for this week it was just a sec. Uh, I just had it opened. And while you're looking that up, there is a thing that I just heard about today or yesterday, I forget, in a podcast, where they're talking about people working 40, 50, 60 hour weeks plus. And 
the uh, the saying that they brought up was work will expand to fill the time available. So if you have to get something done in 40 hours, you probably can. If you're spending 60 hours in your week, I can almost guarantee you, unless you're like a sweatshop laborer, that's because you spent 20 or 30 hours of your week on Facebook and talking to coworkers and, you know, forwarding memes to other people. So, you know, find a way to, to cut that down, you know, use rescue time, use Pomodoro so you can actually track your time, use the pop-up timer to log what you're doing, you know, multiple times an hour. All right. So your productivity for this week is 78%, which to be fair, is not as always so high. For example, last week, this is uh, an 11.4 increase from the previous week. So how did this happen? Well, last week I saw, okay, so it's like 60, what, 7%. And usually I'm way, uh, like I'm almost, almost always over 70%. I was like, okay, past week I was not so good. I'm gonna, you know, double down this week. And well, it happened. I did 78%, which is kind of like good. Considering, that I logged, and that's also what you get. It get it says uh, over the past week you logged this amount of hours, and for example, for me this week was forty eight hours. So now you will be like, oh, you're overworker, or whatever. No, uh, we're gonna do a podcast show about this. I just you know, uh, I like to learn stuff, and yes, I do work over weekends. But as we talked, you know, if you want to work over the weekends, just work on something you know that's progressing you as a dev because. At the end, you will be helpful to your company, blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, so, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm very right. happy with this week, by the way. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I mean, I just want to say something about because we, in our um, a recent meeting that we had, uh, we talked about the concept of sharpening your axe, the, uh, the parable of the, the woodcutter who could cut down, you know, 10 times as many trees in a, in a workday as everyone else and eventually it was five times as many and then twice as many and then equal and then he was doing half as many and the other woodcutters said hey you know why don't you sharpen your axe and he says can't you see i don't have time and the idea for developers in sharpening your axe is improve your skills you know learn a new language learn a new framework learn more about the way your current language you know works and when i have seen developers that i work with uh, committing things or doing things on weekends. I see things popping up in GitHub and whatnot. I have actually individually spoken to them and said, you know, hey, is this necessary? Like, if something's broken in production, you know, if the boss is asking for something, absolutely, you got to do what you got to do. But I shouldn't be seeing you committing code every Saturday. If you're that motivated to do something, you have nothing else you'd rather do, fine. Do a side project, take an online class, do something because... If you just do the same thing on the weekends and evenings that you do during the workday, you're not going to come in fresh. You're not going to do your best work at work. And if you don't continue to expand your skills in our industry, you are not going to be all that you could be as a developer on my team. And I want someone who's going to not only uh, want to learn for themselves, but bring those ideas to the rest of us. Maybe Nicola's going to you know, do some research or read a book tomorrow. And he's going to come in the next day and say, hey, guys, hey, check out this really cool thing. And that's what I value a lot over almost anything in a developer. I don't want to be I listen to podcasts. I read blogs. I go to conferences. I follow certain people in various ways and I get exposed to what's going on in the communities that I value. And 
I get excited about things and talk about them and bring them into work and bring them into my friends. And all I want is for others to do exactly that. I mean, everyone has permission. It's not like only the manager, only the boss, only the team lead, only the guy who's been here the longest, only the guy who wrote the original version of the software. You know, it's not like only that guy can make improvements, can bring in a new technology, you know, can maybe change the way we do things because every single person, even the most junior person that we have in the company or that, you know, we have yet to hire knows something I don't. They know multiple things I don't about some things I don't care about at all and some things that would make me more effective. So, you know, everyone just should feel free to do that and improve themselves for their own mental health, for their own well-being. And, and if you're really trying to look good for the boss or trying to be more productive for the company, that will still make you over the long term more valuable than just continuing on your, your work tickets for the week. And back to what we said before, maybe you spent 20 or 30% of your time, you know, browsing websites or on Facebook and that's why you're working on Saturday, you know, think about it. Yep. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. It's, I would say that when people do that and install it and they, you know, try it for, you know, a week, a month, uh, as they say, or I think I read that somewhere, truth will set you free, but first it will make you angry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I do have to say, I would never install or use it because I will not install some tracking thing on my computer knowingly that reports out. If it did its collection locally, and gave me a way to view it locally without sending it to them, I would consider it. But yeah, there's no way I'm giving that out. So yeah, I'm, to, I'm way more liberal uh, with that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, <laughs> just no. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I guess we've covered a lot of stuff. One thing that yeah. we haven't touched on and actually there's we're going to make a whole new show about it. And it's since we're both fathers, uh, you know, something, this question always comes up. Okay. How do you, you know, juggle your family slash dev life slash I want to improve kind of life, you know? And this is something that we'll definitely talk about because we don't want to go too overboard with this show. This is by far our longest podcast to date. And uh, so we should probably start to wrap it up, but I do want to, kind of wrap it up by talking about some of these things uh, that you've heard in this podcast and we probably listed way too many you probably have to go back and listen to it and take notes we should have given a disclaimer at the beginning have a notepad ready but um, you may want to implement some of them and you will forget or you will try one day and then forget and never do it again so how do you actually do something like this and make it a habit and get started and I I don't know (laughs) um at all how to be successful in creating a new habit but one thing that i suggest is trying to do it as a 30-day challenge a lot of people have done 30-day challenges of you know exercising every day or not having sugar or you know you could make it doing pomodoros you can make it you know whatever you feel lacking in your life so if you want to do pomodoros for 30 days you know, you want to log your time for 30 days. You want to run rescue, rescue time for 30 days. You want to keep a journal for 30 days of what you're grateful for and what you've accomplished and go back and read it once a month or once a week. You know, maybe commit to doing it every day for 30 days. Put it on your calendar so you get a reminder every day or a text message every day. 
or whatever you know type of scheduling system you use and give it a shot and actually that would be amazing if we got some feedback on that in about 30 days from the day this podcast goes out people telling us what they did you know what change they made because it's only work until it becomes a habit once it becomes a habit and it's part of your routine then you that you've had that for free now for the rest of your life so you can add a second habit so you can practice guitar for 30 minutes a day you know you can do pomodoros at work you can spend more time reading to your kids whatever it is that that you value that you secretly feel ashamed as a person because you can't do at least i assume it i'm either revealing way more about myself than necessary or i'm speaking the truth that we all feel inside you know you look at you know either not spending enough time with your kid or not doing a good enough job at work or not paying enough attention to your spouse or not cleaning up enough around the house or you know being an impatient driver in traffic i don't know what your pet peeves or psychological blocks are but you know i think we've all had most of those at least at some point so you know yeah and uh so in terms for you know habits you'll read all over the web that it takes 21 days or you know 30 days to form a habit blah 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 uh yes true but here's the thing you actually have to see value in it for you to be able to go through it and uh what will happen in some habits it will be hard honestly it will be so freaking hard but here's the kicker you know somewhere i read or i even experienced that for example i'm on and off this sugar roller coaster or whatever you know i as you know i like chocolate like i would probably uh choose chocolate over uh like meat every day <laughs> but yeah and i know it's not good so here's the thing um let's say 10 days in it's so hard, it's painful, you know, but then you kind of like start getting used to it. Then at day 20, you're like, okay, I'm feeling this, you know, I don't need it anymore. At day 30, although to be, to be fair, some habits may take not 30 days, but 300 days. But here's the thing, when you achieve that, you kind of like uh, uh, tip of the iceberg, right? And you are on it, you're into it. You will ask yourself, you will honestly ask yourself, how could I have ever been that way? But trust me, yes, it's hard work. And probably like with everything, I like to say, everything worth fighting for, um, everything that's worthwhile, it's worth fighting for. Something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, definitely. It's, we all take the path of least resistance. If you, you only have so much willpower in your life. So on a day-to-day -day basis, if you refrain from making a smart-ass comment that you know is going to upset somebody, it's going to be that much harder for you to have a salad at lunch instead of pizza. If you manage to not have the salad instead of the pizza, you're going to be that have that much less left in you to really do serious work your last half hour at the office instead of slacking off. So if anything, you can make a habit that you don't have to waste that willpower re reserve is just going to be one more thing that's going to help you improve as a person true and just like the final probably note uh it doesn't have to be so, 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 so for example writing right you don't have to write you know you're okay i have to write a book i have to write a book no because if you're thinking about it in a way of okay i'm gonna sit for the next month or three months and write a book 
Well, that's mentally hard. But if you say, every day I'm going to write at 7 a.m., so the first thing that I do when I come to quote-unquote work, I am going to spend one Pomodoro writing. That's it, one Pomodoro. And trust me, one year later, you'll be like, oh, I wrote three books. How come? Well, that's how, you know. That's... You have written books, so I should point out. Yes, so how yes. How many books have you written at this Two. point? Two. Two. Two books, yeah. And it's, you know, the old joke, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That's it. So you want to write, there's a, a challenge I heard about where people write a novel in November. And if you write a novel, I forget, I think they said something like 50,000 words and it's like 1,666 words a day or something, which is totally doable. It won't be a great novel, probably, unless you're already an established author trying to, you know, pump another one out but you can say you wrote a novel and your next one's gonna be better. And same thing with reading. You wanna read tech books and get better at what you're doing, and I'm just repeating something Nicola told me, this is not my thought. If you spend 10 minutes a day, how many pages is that? At the end of 30 days, how many pages is that? 10 minutes a day is nothing. You waste that amount of time, you know, looking at your hand, I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what people do, you know, chewing gum, I don't know. Uh, listening to the radio for the extra 30 seconds when you park your car instead of getting out and going into the office. You know, you waste that time already. It's nothing to do 10 minutes. Imagine what you could do with 20 or 25. You know, like Nicola said, one Pomodoro. So, yeah. Longest podcast ever. Coming up on an hour. I think there's a lot of great stuff here that we didn't plan. And that's what makes uh, makes it so magical. Absolutely. And, yeah, as uh, it's like Stephen King, I think it was... He who said it, uh, probably like people go in and they say, you know, the new resolutions and whatnot. And okay, so people say, okay, now I'm going to, you know, do one Pomodoro of writing every day or exercising every day or whatever. And then a week after they fail over uh, off the roller coaster. And like, I have no more inspiration. And then he says, or if I'm misattributing, then I apologize. But it goes along the lines of inspiration. That's for freaking amateurs. Pros, come in, clock in, do the work, period. And that's kind of mentality that you have to, you don't get that. You have to train that. Yeah, yeah, no, there's, uh, I, I read an article, it's like, forget inspiration, what you need is discipline. Uh, look it up, I'm sure you'll find it. And what Steve, one thing I specifically remember reading Stephen King wrote was that he doesn't wait for the muse to whisper in his ear. He shows up at his desk at the same time every day you know, no matter what. And then the muse knows where to find him. Yep, yep. I, I mean, uh, I can't say I'm too into, let's say, uh, the genre that he's writing, although I very much liked a few of his books, uh, The Stand being one of them. I mean, I loved it. Uh, but yeah, you got to give the man credit because he knows something, and that is hard work always wins. Yes. All right, and that's a good good place to end it hard work always wins <laughs> and uh thanks for uh being here nicholas was a great one yes thank you sean and thank you guys for listening yep see you all next time bye 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 thank you for listening to the DevThink podcast to reach us for feedback show suggestions or any other comments email us at info at devthink that's d-e-v-t-h dot i-n-k